Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 244 for the week of November 3rd, 2012. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with the greatest RPG cast this side of the Appalachians. Wait, well, two of them at least. First off, Anna Marie Neufeld. <laughs> Good morning. Second of all, um, Emmanuel Marino. Hello, hello. Hello. And um, if you really keep going this side of the Appalachians and keep going and going, you'll eventually reach John Yerworth. There's only a pond in the way, for God's sake. Well, if, yeah, I guess in both directions. Um, yeah. So we're here. It's another week of RPG news and RPG goodness and RPG um, catch-up time since, you know, I don't know. Does anything come out that people are really getting distracted with? Ragnarok Odyssey is out now, right? So, uh, well, well, not in know, Europe. Not in Just Europe. Assassin's Creed 3. Just, well, that's not an RPG. Harvest Moon, A New our Beginning, listen- Persona Fall. You think our listeners are so myopic they only play one genre ever? Yes. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> no? All right. Uh, what do we got? We got some feedback. But first, what have we been playing? Um, let me go lead you off and let you know I've only put in some time with WoW this week. And other than that, I've just been too busy to do like anything. But you did a dungeon for the first time in Panda Land. What did, did you think of it? I did a panda dungeon, and it was pretty fast. It was nice and easy and fast. And uh, I, you know, I love the music in Pandaria. That's my favorite part of the whole expansion, and it just keeps not disappointing. So I was very happy with that experience. And um, the dungeon and stuff was cool because you actually quest through the whole dungeon. And then you come back later and do your dungeon things, and so things have changed a little bit, and people who you saw earlier show up in the dungeon and all that sort of cool stuff. And I really appreciated how that works and the, the integration between dungeons when you're just going through the world, and then when you're coming back to solve some issues that are in a place you've already been to. I really liked how it worked out. Oh, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> uh, I haven't really, I haven't played World of Warcraft this week, so... Uh. <clears throat> And I, I only did one dungeon, and that was the one I mentioned on the cast about a month ago now. Mm-hmm. The one with the beer elementals. Oh, yeah. I, haven't di- I didn't do the beer elemental dungeon. I did the temple. Mm. Nah, I haven't done that one yet. Yeah, my dungeon had the jade dragon. <laughs> um, Anna, what have you been playing? Anything? Sorry, I didn't realize I was muted. Um, Been playing lots more Harvest Moon, A New Beginning. Um, I'm to the start of the summer now. I've got... um, And uh, the game has a pretty slow start, so it's like you slowly start to get the people that you need in town to really start to build up your farm. So I finally unlocked the blueprints, which basically lets me build absolutely everything from new people's houses to stuff from my farm. So I built myself like a supply shed and chicken coop and built two new houses for people to move into. So I'm definitely liking the game. The pace is picking up. It's nice just because I, I didn't want all sorts of crap thrown at me, like sort of tree of tranquility does where it's like, here's all the things to do. Goodbye. So I'm digging that. And I just started Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. Yay! So I'm going to be playing that this week. And I hope it's going to be as awesome as previous Persona 4, which I didn't get a chance to finish. And beyond that, um, I've been playing... What have I been playing on my phone? I've been playing um, another great Grand Prix story, which is another Kairosoft game. And uh, they finally fixed. There's this new game that I heard about on App Slappy. 
that it was dungeon story and it was cool because it was like a uh, it's like a match three dungeon game like puzzle quest with a little more with a little less story and a little more progression and build up of your character except um the first two weeks that i had it um it didn't save properly so i was stuck at level 81 and i would get up to like level 130 and then turn my phone off and when i turned my phone back on i was back to level 81 and i was getting very very ticked off and uh like the day i went to delete it there was a pop-up and it's like hey the game's finally updated and so I was like, yay, and um, now I'm playing it, and it's really good. I'm quite enjoying it. So there has been another game that you've been playing, Chris. It's a Kairosoft game. Uh, Pocket Clothier. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, uh, I, I, I built my uh, little fashion shop called Shea Nub, and it is, uh, it's, it's currently ranked 300 out of all the fashion stores in the region, and it is uh, getting more and more sales and more and more more slacks. We really like to sell pants at Shea Nub. Yeah. You had that crazy mad rush yesterday when we were eating dinner. People wanted pants and they wanted hoodies, and like nothing was going to get in their way. It's a, but are the, your pants comfortable and easy to wear? They are indeed, and they make you look good when you wear them. So it's very important. Uh, <laughs> So it's a Kairosoft game, you know. It, it feels like all their other games, and it's really always gets addictive. And you know, you you, it's easy enough to figure out how to start doing better and level up your shops and all that sort of stuff. And that that's the, the thing about all their games; they're always just approachable enough to get you sucked in, and you and and you get that feedback. Oh, I'm doing better. Oh, I'm doing better. Oh, I'm figuring this out. Oh, I'm figuring this out. And I just love how they perfectly balance that stuff to make it uh, not too easy, but not too hard either. It's just just right so uh love that about kairosoft games but if you've played one you've you've played a lot of them because you know when if you dissect the game mechanics you realize that there's a lot of similar elements across all their titles so um yeah pocket Clo- clothier uh just as good as all their other stuff so if you want to play that stuff there you go um quinn what have you been playing no oh, i got quite the list this week um <clears throat> let's see um my big import this week was uh, my copy of Zone of the Enders HD arrived. Um, I've already finished the first part of it because the first game always was ridiculously short. Um, impressions is, uh, yeah, they've done a pretty good job of uh, updating the texture work and the like to um, you know, accommodate HD consoles and whatnot. Uh, the general problem is, is they've also kept the slowdown from the original PS2 version. They um, what? They emulated yeah. that too? Yeah, it looks like it. That's no good. The game still this game the game still chugs a bit. Hmm. Um it's got oh, well going back to the I I cuz I streamed uh the first hour and a half of the first game on my uh Twitch channel earlier this week. Um and the original Zone of the Enders was well, it's kind of a it, it I think it's one of the earliest games I remember playing on the PS2, mm-hmm. like way back in 2001 or so, and it kind of predates my my general love for uh, the mecha genre. Um, and I just kind of I think because I'd only played it once, like played it once, I borrowed it off a friend, finished it, gave it back, and that was ten years ago. Um, I'd kind of forgotten that it does kind of have a a number of hallmarks of early PS2 games. Um, as yeah, Satchel One says in the channel, the, the first game was a glorified Metal Gear Solid Two demo delivery system, hmm. 
And in a way, you could say that the Zone of the Enders HD system is really just a delivery system for the Metal Gear Rising demo. <laughs> which is, I'm going to admit, is crazy fun. So tell us about Rising. Um, <clears throat> there is a button that let, basically lets you slice people into 250 separate pieces. If that doesn't get you interested in this game, I don't know what will. <laughs> Wait, Metal Gear Rising is out? Yeah. No, the no, no, demo. No, a demo on Zone of the, okay. in, uh, Zone of the Enders HD. Collection. Oh, that's right. They did the they did the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. A decade uh, I later. Wonder how, I wonder how many Zone of the Enders, uh, you know, any, how many sales of the uh, Zone of the Enders HD will be because of Metal Gear Rising. You know what? I w- I would say not as much. I don't. I don't. You know, maybe it made more sense in the PS2 era. But I don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean. Altogether, I, I I don't mind the fact that there is some you know the port of Zone of the Enders isn't quite as good as it could have been, because in the way I kind of still really quite like the games despite their myriad flaws anyway. Like the first game is too short, um, and has some hilarious early PS2 character models in some of their cutscenes, um, and the second game is amazingly linear. But it otherwise improves on the first in every way. But people won't like it. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I suppose my indie game of the week is a game called Dust Force for PC. Aha, that's where you're sweeping up the leaves, right? Yep, that's where you go around sweeping up leaves. Um, I think I described it uh, to someone else earlier this week as... Um, what would have happened if an Eastern developer had made Super Meat Boy? Because, uh, if anything, Dust Force is amazingly hard. Is it? Well, it has, like, sets of easier levels, but if you really want to get the S rank for completion, which is to clear the entire level, and the S rank for finesse, which is to clear the, uh, to, uh, complete the level in one continuous unbroken combo run. Uh, you really have to be pretty good at platforming. And there's a, quite a lot of precision jumping. And Well, it's not precision jumping. It's more skillful jumping in that um, the game refreshes your double jump if you strike something in midair. So you yeah. have to... You can occasionally navigate like corridors of spikes just because there's something for you to hit halfway up it. But if you miss it, you land on a bed of spikes and have to redo. Yeah, it's very, very fun. Otherwise, yeah, I like the sound of it. Uh, it's, I think I picked it up in some sort of bundle, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think it I'm was in Humble Indie Bundle a while back. Yeah, like one of them or something. I can't remember which one, but you may, you may have already got it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I I recommend playing it. It's quite a lot of fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, it just made the, the game does basically kind of advertise we have harder levels and they're hard, like really. <laughs> In fact, they actually have a... I think once you start getting double S ranks on gold key levels, they actually unlocks a set of levels that starts with difficult, called just called difficult, and then kilo difficult, mega difficult, and so on and so forth, right the way up to yotta difficult. <laughs> which I've seen difficult. a video of on YouTube, and it looks downright sadistic. Um, oh. And yeah, the other uh, release that I've been interested in that came out was... Um, uh, have you ever heard of a an old Half-Life mod called Natural Selection? Yes. 
yeah, uh, basically the second one came out uh, this week on Tuesday, I think it was. Um, which is finally now kind of broken away from, because I think they were originally planning on doing it um, as a Half-Life 2 mod, but it's now basically its own game built in the Source engine, I think. I think it's built in Source. But they've kind of had to, they've they've modified it to uh, have a much better, sh- like, sort of shadow rendering engine and stuff like that. I don't, um, I actually don't know the, uh, I don't know the specifics on that one. Uh, but yeah, Natural Selection was a mod where basically you play either on a team of, a team of aliens or the team of the marines to go and to shoot them. It's probably best described as a kind of aliens knockoff. Um, the Marines have access to what you'd probably expect, but uh, also have a kind of commander position who can view the map from a like a kind of top-down, real-time strategy perspective. Um, who can then place buildings and upgrades and whatnot for his the soldiers under his command. Mm-hmm. In the original game, um, the Marines had a kind of like team resource system that the commander used. Um, whereas the aliens were all had their own individual resource counts, and they they kind of operated as a kind of uh, they operated like separate from each other, and you used your own personal resource to evolve into more fearsome alien breeds. You started as this little four legged thing with exceptionally sharp teeth that could crawl up walls and run across ceilings mm-hmm. and could bite people's heads off. Uh, and, and then you upgraded into things like the Fade, which was a humanoid alien that teleported around the place and, well, backstabbed people with their claws, right up to the Onos, which was basically a large ox made of pain who ate things whole. Made of pain, huh? Yeah. Basically, if you saw an Onos coming for your base, you, the, the, what, what would probably then happen is you would then find yourself uh, faced with an intestine's texture which was to let you know you'd actually been swallowed whole. Oh. <laughs> it was actually was actually possible for, for um, an Onos in the original game to swallow Marines whole, and then basically that would instantly kill you after a period of about 15 seconds. If the Onos was killed, then you'd be freed. Excellent. I haven't actually seen that in the new one, but they have basically kind of kept the same, um, well, very similar setup for the sequel. It just looks a lot prettier. Uh, they, but they've also changed it now that the the aliens also have the commander position, so also have access to the real time strategy view, and but they also have a um, a system similar to how the creep worked in StarCraft Two for the Zerg, mm-hmm. where they place down like little nodules and it extends this kind of infestation, which if you have your graphics set up really high, looks really really pretty because <laughs> it kind of grows all over the walls and all over the ceilings and stuff. Um, but you can also in the new in the the uh, the sequel you can also do things like taking out power nodes in certain rooms, which causes the lights to go out, which makes um, ambushes a lot easier because they have to turn on their flashlights to see you. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, if you like, kind of like the 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 aliens as a film, you could probably get quite a lot of fun out of this one. So cool. um, yeah, that's pretty much my week. So how much does this one set you back? Uh, I pre-ordered it months ago and I think it only set I think it's uh, f- I wouldn't say it's a full release but I think it may be in the $30 range yeah it looks like twenty four ninety nine on Steam yeah 
because they they I said originally they they were intending to do a mod, but it's been in development for so long they kind of just upgraded to. So is this one uh, of those games where everyone wants to be on the alien team? Uh, no, it's the teams I I found while playing online have usually been balanced. Hmm. So, because if you're playing as the if you're playing as the Marines, you do get access to things like jetpacks, and eventually, if there's one thing that wasn't in the original game, armored, like, um, you know the, the the power loader from the first Aliens film. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine something like that, but armed with dual miniguns. Ooh, that sounds useful. Sorry, second Aliens film. I've been corrected. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You you get yeah you get something like that. So whereas the Aliens have like the you know the Dionos, which is still in. Um, the Marines also get access to some pretty heavy firepower. Oh, yeah, I see one on here right now. So, yeah. But yeah, as far as I know, it, it, there are no bots. It is online. You know, it is kind of a... It's a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. You've got to play with other people. But they do offer a... Um, they do offer a, like, explore mode, where basically you can kind of run around the maps by yourself to see where the various nooks and crannies are. Because when you're playing as one of the small aliens, you need to know where things like the air vents are so you can move around the map quickly. So, yeah. Cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, did you play anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much okay, it. That's pretty much. I do remember we played another iOS game, Anna. Letterpress. Oh, yeah. And I stomped you in four moves that one time. It was yeah. great. I think we're split two and two right now. Yeah, we're split two and two at the moment. I tend to take the longer games. Yeah, you do. Because I, I play the strategy better, but you, you come up with better words. So that's how we balance. Um, yeah, Letterpress is uh, from the guy who made the original Tweety app for iPhone and iOS and Mac. Um, he then went and worked for Twitter and then they bought all this stuff and he decided, I don't like the way this is going and he left Twitter and now Tweety got turned into the official Twitter app and it sucks now. Um, anyway, so he decided let's do something else. And so he's making, um, this game called Letterpress. And, uh, it, so it's, the first thing is it's very, the UI is very nicely designed, which is not usually something you always see in a game. Uh, so he has this very nicely designed uh, UI. And then, of course, there's a game, and the game's actually pretty fun. So it's, uh, it's like Boggle um, in that you have to come up with words on a grid, and each uh, letter you make a word with turns your color. And then it turns your opponent's turn, and they, they make words, and they turn their color. Um, and you can capture letters back and forth from each other. Um, and then the game ends when all the letters have been used once and whoever has captured the most and, you know, after going back and forth, whoever has the most uh, letters in their column, uh, in their color, rather, wins. Um, and then if you surround a letter with all your color, that letter becomes locked and your opponent can still use it, but they can't capture it. So that's where some of the strategy comes in. So you can kind of start carving out your territory on the letter board and uh, expand slowly by building words and, and branching out. And then you always got to keep in mind that if you use up too many letters and you leave like only one or two letters left on the field and your opponent's able to make a really big long word and steal some letters back the game over so you have to you have to be careful not to use letters too quickly um to build up your territory protect the letters that you're capturing and uh, of course come up with really long words because it's it's still like a boggle game so uh it's it pretty simple um it's a free game i think and uh 99 cents to unlock the full version which just lets you have more simultaneous uh games going on at the same time as well as uh color themes for for your interface um highly recommended it's really fun so far manny we should play some games are you not in the letter Isn't it games? just the next draw something um i don't know 
are all iOS games the next draw something? I don't know. <laughs> Not Square Enix. That's quality things. Oh, that I see. Are you premium priced? Well worth the entry. It's a lot faster to play and more involving than draw something. I think because well, you've been you didn't draw something with the right people. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. I'd never yeah, draw something. Something with, with me, Chris, is not a good example of how the game really works. Oh, really? Okay. I need somebody who can spend an hour and a half drawing an image and then put the thing that the actual word Dude, is at the very last you second. Didn't see like. Um, Noodle or Aram do any of their draw somethings? They're no. both amazing. Are they? I think that's exactly yeah, that's, that's, that's what Noodle does, right? She yeah. draws an iPad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard that Aram got his job at Sony because of his amazing draw something <laughs> skills. Yeah, that's what we found out this week. Uh, Aram Jabari, who used to work at Atlas in their PR, is now working for Sony PR. Is he head PR or something like that? Or? Um, I'm sure he's higher up classified. there. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Classified. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he has a senior position just because of his, you know, uh, just amount experience, of experience. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got to see the last video he made for Atlas this week. Kind of sad. I can't wait to see him make so many videos. People have been saying for years, like, why was he, like, because he is like PRs in his blood. Is yeah. it, and he's quite good at it so people are saying why is he still at that small company atlas when he could be you know at a gigantic corporation making a lot more money and reaching a lot more people because i think he really liked working at atlas oh i know i know he did but still people said like oh he's a talented guy i, I don't think, see him staying here forever i don't think he'll be as visible over at sony so i think no that's, and that's very true yeah i think yeah. it's a trade-off when you work for a bigger company well you work for a bigger company yeah. hey, but who knows soon he'll be president of president of sony Manny, did you get and to play? Be as Vitas and Bravias. Yes. Did you get to play anything this week, Manny? Uh, not really. Not really. Just a, a briefly. I watched episode one and two of Alan Wake. You watched it. You know the TV show format. Oh, I previously on Alan Wake. Oh, okay. <laughs> All yeah. right. So I watched episode one and two of Twin Peaks meets Stephen King. Meets the Twilight Zone. Is this actually a show, or did you? Are you just being cute because you played through it? I'm confused. It, the, it's very the format's very much a TV show. I mean, oh, that's okay. how it's designed. It's like episode one, and then at the end of each episode, you get like a credit sequence and oh. a song, and then the next episode it goes previously on Alan Wake. Hmm. So, yeah. I should actually play that at some point. Did you buy it a long time ago too? I did. Just, yeah. yeah. Did you pay full the, price? I did. Yeah, uh, this is this is a similar reason why you say you don't play Asura's Wrath. You watch Asura's Wrath. Well, you really do watch Asura's Wrath, <laughs> especially when I'm playing it and you're watching it. I know, I th- but it still counts as playing it, in my opinion. So, Chris, did it make you sad to find out that you could have bought the collector edition of Alan Wake for like twenty dollars? Yeah, it did because that's the oh. one I got. Yeah, <sighs> that book is nice, though. At least, yeah. <laughs> nice book that's all i spent 40 bucks on something this week what's up uh i gave 40 bucks to microsoft and uh downloaded windows 8 onto this little flash drive here um Uh which i got a 16 gig flash drive for 10 bucks i like how flash drive prices have come down i haven't bought one in a long time i got a big old flash drive anyway i don't need to buy flash drives anymore i just go to e3 yes (laughs) 
Well, you don't get a 16 gig ones at E3. No, no, but they've been going up to eight the last couple of years. You got an eight one? Yeah. I could have used that instead of buying one then. Actually, Sorry. every single, yeah, most are giving out eight now. Like, uh, I think in the world of tanks, people, oh. World of Warplanes give out eight gigs. I didn't get Yeah, anywhere that Brian's worked, he switches them up to eight gigs just because it's the most useful one. Well, I don't get any of these flash drives. Apparently, are I need you to... that sad? I yes. mean, goodness sake. You got oh. better things to do at E3. All right, you're right. I do have better things to do at E3. Um, and I, uh, anyway, I installed Windows 8, and oh my gosh, what a jarring experience when you're used to Windows since, you know, Windows 3.1 to go into Windows 8, and then it's like, welcome to the start menu. There's a desktop over here, and you don't know how to navigate to any of your stuff. Um, long and short of it is the, the Windows key is your friend. And if you're used to Windows 7 interfa- interfaces and uh, Windows Vista, you press the Windows key and just start typing. Even though nothing comes up on the screen, it just takes you to the Windows interface. Start typing for that program you want to w- launch, and it will come up. Just trust you that like it's okay it? to start typing. So, well, once I figured that out, and I was able to navigate just with the keyboard, because that's a big deal to me, I'm cool with it. That no, was, but, but do you like it? Um I like that I'm on the latest Windows. <laughs> okay, so that's a no. I get, you have like five opportunities. I'm cool with it. I like that I'm up to date. Uh, I like. I can use it. But uh, yeah, but the uh, the um uh the the lack of a start menu has allowed for profiteering like the uh, link I've just posted in chat. Yes, yeah, Stardock has have got a five dollar um start menu that looks really pretty. If you don't want to pay money, classicshell.sourceforge.com is a free start menu replacement and is really good and gives you a ton of options. Um so those are two options right there to get your start menu back in Windows 8. Um Stardock.com or uh classicshell.sourceforge.com. Um and uh, so there, there yeah, so there's your start menu profiteering, and it's just gonna give me more and more of that. Um but I honestly now that I figure out how to navigate with it, I don't need the start menu. Because I don't like to navigate with the mouse anyway, so I, 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 for a long time, and OS X lets me do this too on the Mac. Um, I just I type in what I want to launch and hit enter, and that's what I'm used to. So Windows does give me that. Once I figured out, I just needed to start typing and trust that it's going to work. Um, so what I've been I've been going through the 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 store. That was like the big thing that pushes me over is like there's going to be all these releases on the Windows 8 store, and I want to be able to have access to them because uh, Skulls of the Shogun and stuff like that. I I want to be able to get on my computer. You need your flashlight app for your desktop, you know that kind of stuff. Flashlight app for my desktop. Twenty different kinds of solitaire. Yeah, there are a lot of solitaire types. Um, that's actually true. Um, I found a Who's That Pokemon app. Uh yeah, it's, it's that for the stream. Can you post a screenshot of that? I did. I posted else? it on my Twitter. You know, it, it's people think that we're like all gaga over App Store. We're just ninety five, like ninety percent of it is garbage. Most of us are just happy about the ten percent that like sort of rises to the top. So right, who's Sturgeon, that Pokemon? I have no idea who this Pokemon is. It's just a round blob. Oh, uh, I know who that is. What? It's coughing. It's it's Voltorb. Voltorb. Oh. Oh. Well, to be fair, I wasn't looking at your screen. I got one. Uh. Oh, that's Parasect. Yep. And you get points. It, <laughs> what a stupid program. Is this licensed by Nintendo? No, of course not. <laughs> so it's gonna be pulled. Back up your copy as soon as you can. I've got Mike. I've got Xbox Smart Glass now. Oh wait, wait. How? It it runs on Windows Eight. Oh, okay. 
Wait, wait, what? So you're going to have your computer next to your Xbox? I do have my computer next to my Xbox. It's in okay. the same room. So it actually works for me. Um, it's trying to connect to my Xbox on my local network, which it's not turned on, so that doesn't work. For a second, um, I thought you bought a Microsoft Surface. And you were playing, sitting there next to it so you can read stats oh, no, on the Halo universe. Click, 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 click. What? That commercial. With the oh, surface. with the Surface. I played the surface click, 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 click. Hey, how'd it go? I played with one yesterday. It is... Uh, it's interesting. It's well-made device. You know what? It's like talking about like someone you're with that you don't really love. You're like, well, well, he's dependable and he's loyal and he's kind. Yeah. And like you list all, instead of saying like, oh, he's great, I love him. You say you list a bunch of feature sets to prove to yourself that he's worth staying with. It's it's kind of like that. It, it, well, it, well, it's sturdy and it's well-made and uh, it's um. It's, 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 I don't know. I just didn't like it very much, to be really honest. Especially, I tried holding it in portrait mode. It's just too long. That, that's not a device meant to be held in portrait. It's a landscape only machine. Ooh. And they, I tried those little keyboards out. The felt one, I can type with it, but it feels awkward. It feels like you're touching, like using it. It's like they're, they're it's like ty- typing, typing on a screen, but expecting you to move as quickly and as like familiar and as a, uh, you're used to with a normal keyboard it just doesn't quite work out very well but the clicky one i found a lot more useful the the more expensive thicker clicky one that one is i could actually use a little bit more usable and i don't like that the little flap just sort of opens it's weird you guys don't have a microsoft store madison no we do not okay got an apple store and they were busy selling the ipad minis this week but um nothing did you see lines i actually didn't go Cause I I just no. don't care. Um, hmm. I just failed my My Little Pony trivia quiz. Another Windows 8 app. <gasps> Fine, Windows 8 app. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Your brony status has been revoked. Sounds good. So we've got uh, what what else is in this stupid store? Uh, Angry Bird Space is getting the top billing in the Windows 8 store right now. Oh, and I signed in with my Xbox Live account, and it didn't even ask me to make like a login like I'm used to. So like. My I'm logged into my friends list and stuff on my Windows machine, so that's kind of neat. So I can see. So you're gonna spy on all your Xbox friends all the time? Yeah, I can see this dude's playing Borderlands Two right now. <laughs> I think the first day I signed in, I just saw three friends are online and they're all playing Borderlands Two. So it's like, well, that sure give me a lot of insight into my friends list here. Well, I'm curious. Will this encourage you? I mean, is this in any way encourage you to be more tied into the Xbox ecosystem or experience? I, I don't know. Um. There's Pinball FX2 for my Windows machine. That's kind of cool. Well, because um, now you get achievements for any of those games, and you have Microsoft Glass, dude, which lets you tie in more into the games. I was getting achievements for Minesweeper. Yeah. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Achievements for Minesweeper. For Minesweeper. Oh, dude, okay, the Minesweeper, okay. they... We're done. We're done. We're done? It's done. It's Why the last we... one to leave, turn the lights out. The, the, the internet's over. Oh. Computing as we know it's over. We've got. Dude, you know, I think Minecraft. there are worse things to turn yeah, off the Minecraft. computer for than micro than uh, <laughs> than just like look at anything on 4chan. <laughs> Dude, there is a Minesweeper adventure mode in the new Minesweeper. I've got to do. Really? Yes. Why that? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Dave about this. He's the biggest Minesweeper player I know. Dude, when we were in high school, we used to come back to my house and eat lunch and take turns playing Minesweeper. David wants Windows 8. 
<laughs> he wants Windows 8 because there's advanced Minesweeper. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know if any of that went over the stream, but I was playing it. Um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> that's Windows 8 for you. It's, it's Wait, a great... can you tell me a bit about Surface? Not Surface. Uh, these damn names. Glass. Smart Glass? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't Have actually. No, I haven't. I just I got the app, but um, I've for, I've never like connected it to my Xbox and tried it. I don't okay, have any games really that support it. How that actually works? I don't think I have any games that support it because like the big one is uh, Forza Horizon, right? I don't know if anything else. Well, has I'm pretty it. sure Halo Four will have like Waypoint, and I'm not sure what's after that. Yeah, it's it's not okay, same right in the app. Up. What's new? Can you you can launch games right? See what's now playing. Okay, Talk to your friends. My Xbox on. Once it's on the network, maybe you'll talk to it and something will happen. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Make sure your 360 is turned on. Make sure you're signed into your console and in this app using the same Microsoft Oh, account. yeah, I see. Nice. He's playing Borderlands 2. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Smart Glass is smart. Except that it isn't. Uh, sitting here connecting to Xbox. My Xbox is on now. Can't find your console. So what does that mean? They're on the same network. Even my cat's impatient now. It's like, why doesn't this work? Yeah, this is riveting for the MP3 download only. They can't see that it fails. So Smart Glass apparently is a failure. Let's leave it like that. Well, bigger failure is not on iOS and Android. I know. When, when is that happening? I'm just getting a hmm out of you. Have we heard? Have they not announced anything? Hmm? Have they not announced anything about that? Soon, hmm. in a little while. Oh, you can see the beacons um, that friends have set in the Xbox app. So that's nice too. So I can see that there's two people I know that want to play lots of Rock Band Three. Would you be willing to... You should get some more friends on your Xbox list. Maybe actually play some more games on there. I know. I should, right? I I don't have that many multiplayer games, though, do I? I don't know. Hmm. I'm looking at your... I'm checking your achievement. You're wearing your peck... Your avatar's wearing your peck shirt. Yeah. And let me see. Oh, you have 50% of the achievements in Minesweeper. That's right. 50? I already got half of them? There's only four. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Complete your first minefield. Trigger your first mine. Those are the first ones you got. I did do those. Hmm. There you go. You got to complete a minefield for the first time without using any flags. Yeah, it looks like there's some setup you have to do with smart glass, and I have no idea what it is. Oh. And my console has just activated connect for no reason. This is weird. All right. <laughs> Enough of this smart glass crap. You know, it's funny. Like, we have a, a letter coming up soon talking about how, how a co- certain companies hoodwinked everyone into buying their products. I feel that more true about Microsoft Connect and the PlayStation Move than I do about any computing company. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should go on to the feedback. I think we should. Uh, Why would you choose? All right. I'll let you read the article, the, the letter. Now, this is a long letter. Um... All right, hey RPG Cast, you guys I'm asked. I'm gonna you for it though, but yes, read you it. guys asked if gamers were softening up to iOS. Um, 
my position hasn't changed at all. My own hangups about distribution, digital distribution aside, I don't see the appeal of any of the games on the platform. I also share Quinn's disgust with Apple as a company. Um, I can't believe they suckered so many people into buying only marginally more powerful versions of the form over function iOS family year after year for the price of a good laptop. Even if we're in the market of, of a tablet, the Nexus 7 just seems a better deal at 200 bucks for the 8 gig version. And I feel more confident that it'd be more useful for me years after Apple's bloated, unresponsive software became incompatible with three to four year old iOS devices. I guess I'm just not hip enough. Hi, Manny. Yeah. Okay. Because if you have ever bought anything for this product, you're clearly an idiot. What the hell's wrong with you? Why can't you just see what this guy sees? You know, this kind of tech tribalism is so old and tired. And really just is. consumer tribalism, period. Oh, clearly, and why don't you just buy Dr. Pepper instead of blah, 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 or yeah. instead of Mr. Pibb? And why don't luck- you drink Coke <laughs> instead of Pepsi? Well, clearly, and it, and anyone it, who knows anything about games plays the PlayStation instead of the 360. Yeah. Or PC rather than this. It's just like. It's so tired, dude. Get over it. People yeah. have different made different choices than you did. End of the story. It's not your money. Who cares? And uh, I do love how, um, first of all, I'm the only one on the cast who does the year-over-year purchases of iOS devices. It's not Manny. So don't don't be accusing other people of that, Mr. Mister Reader. Um, and also, your Nexus 7 is going to feel slow in three to four years. It will. It, it is not going to feel zippy in three to four years. That's how that works. And you want to know something? I like the Nexus 7. It's a good product. If that fits your lifestyle, buy it. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And so is <laughs> uh, Kindle Fire's wrong. looking good too. Um, I was I was at Staples. All these tablet devices, I check them all out. And they all look great. I want all of them for different reasons. I want the Amazon infrastructure thing on the Kindle. I want the all the access to all the Android apps on the Google thing. Um, the problem is, you know, I can't afford to buy them all. So I have I got a lot of apps I like on the Apple thing. So that's I'm going the Apple route. You know, I'm already invested in the store. Who cares? But you know, honestly though, like that conversation was more about just mobile gaming in general. I mean, yeah, you're right, you're right. It was about Android too. I mean, if that's your platform, it was about Windows Mobile Phone. I mean, I was just thinking about like whatever device you have. Are you more interested in playing games on a touchscreen on the go than you were before? More than clearly, Android's a superior platform, and or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, because fair. you know, honestly, these games come out everywhere now. It's like there's no, it's there's no real reason to pick one or the other unless you know you're tied into it already. Hmm. Anyway, next, I next. just get tired of these kind of like this tech tribalism stuff. I mean, I used to hear people say the same thing about, oh, why are you on a PS3? Don't you know the Xbox is the better experience because the gold is a blah blah blah? And then it's right. like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, regarding Windows 8, I can honestly say this is a total disaster. The problem isn't so much glaringly obvious attempts to copy Apple, but the fact that it is so unsuitable for desktop use, it's laughable. I can't believe Microsoft got rid of the start menu. There's absolutely no reason for anyone to use Windows 8 at work. Um, I'm using Windows 8 now, um, I can say, Mr. Reader, um, and it isn't a disaster. Yeah, the uh, the front-end interface, this start menu thing, seems kind of superfluous. I don't know that it's very useful on the desktop. Um but I'm going to get used to it, and it really doesn't matter because I just use it as a launcher for programs anyway, which is all I was using the start menu for. So I actually don't miss it that much, and I kind of want it at work now. So I have one interface to deal with. Um, and in I, addition, I will say, though, yeah, go ahead. That the, the, that the start menu did work well on the Surface. It works fine on it. That's the problem, though. It works just fine. It works great on a tablet, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, it, just... it is better for that. You're right. It is designed for the tablet. Um I wanted to address his comment that it's not useful for work. Um, actually, there's a lot of VDI and virtualization features that would be really nice to have at work. 
that are only in Windows 8. So I don't know that I fully agree with that statement. Um, but Microsoft really hasn't been advertising them. That's really targeted at your IT managers. It's not really targeted at consumers. So I can understand why we don't see that. And I didn't see it either until Microsoft actually sent me some, hey, you're an IT guy, read this. This is so you actually understand what we did put in here for, for work. And it's like, oh, there's a lot of good features in here. So there's more there that, that people have been seeing. Um, but I can totally understand based on the surface of it, <laughs> the surface, um, <laughs> how it just looks completely useless for desktop use. So that's, that's going to take some to getting over. And I think that's part of why they priced it at 40 bucks to get people to try it. Cause, um, it's a, it's a, it's a big change to take your, your, your comfortable start menu away, but you know, it's okay. You know, <laughs> I wonder, I know it seems like, so like, you know, backseat driver yeah. or 2020 hindsight, but it just, it seems like they would have done much better if they just would have split the start menu and kept that touch computer and I mean, uh, you know, touchscreen computer, laptops, and tablets, and then just the underpinnings of what is underneath that. Yeah, make that Windows eight. Yeah, I've, and a lot of people think they'll end up, you know, um, doing something along the lines of uh, maybe in the first service pack or something, adding the ability to turn the start menu back on and and turning off the the start launcher. But I don't know. I, I mean, well, that's the reason why people. That's the reason why people wait for the first, usually wait for the first uh, service pack before upgrading Windows versions. Well, it's usually. not it's not for the start menu, but it's usually because um, you know all, a lot of the big issues or slowness or, or something will get sorted out. But you remember Windows Seven, people didn't. No, it's true. people were jumping right from XP to Seven. They were definitely jumping from Vista to Seven. Um, oh yeah, it's funny. I've been listening to some old uh, GFW radios. I'm in I'm in 2007 right now, and they're talking about switching over to Vista. And how they're excited to get, you know, they don't know yet. Yeah, they don't know. <laughs> so they're very happy to have Windows Vista. I was happy for Vista too, just because I was so tired of looking at XP. Like I was willing to deal with slowness just because I was so tired of the look of XP. Um, and, you know, 7 really brought that home. But uh, oh, anyway, we're lingering. Well, to be fair, what I'm listening to, they're still pretty excited about games for Windows Live at this point. Oh, poor guys. <laughs> I, know, I just want to make and warn them, no, it's a trap. Get out. All right. So uh, last thing, uh, and here's a plug just to say that we're not Windows bigots. I want to make sure we read this paragraph. As for Linux, I've already made the switch to Ubuntu Linux starting with 12.04 and moving over to 12.10. I was always more of a console gamer to start, and with PC gaming becoming more and more of a digital-only DRM-encumbered hassle, I find myself alienated by the concept. Anyway, not only that, but I've been having generally okay experiences with Wine and DOSBox, with few exceptions. It could be a bit of a hassle to install things from time to time, but my machine runs like a charm. I'd recommend it to anyone who's even remotely open to change. Anyway, have a great day. Sincerely, Raw Steel UT. You know, the funny I thing is, though... I was Linux for a long time in, like, the early 2000s, and my problem was just... I mean, there was actually Wine back then, and it did a fairly decent job, but... At this point, there's just too many programs that I need for work that don't run under. Well, one. you do PR for Windows only MMORPGs, so right. yeah, you, you don't have an option. What were you going to say, Manny? I was going to say it's um. To be fair, though, I, maybe if I just seem super annoyed, is because I feel like his argument is like the main argument you hear on stuff like Neil Gaffer and GameFAQs. You know, the sort of just completely dismissive of all of it, or like I'll. That there's no merit in any of it. You know what I mean? Just because you don't see the value or merit in something, it's clearly everyone who does is is just – they're delusional. 
there's no good games. It's just it's a waste of time. I just feel like I hear that so often on I used to at first hear that so often on stuff like NeoGAF and GameFAQs, on Twitter and comments. But I feel like that I've started to hear that lesson from people and actually hear people excited to play, like people I never would expect it, like, oh hey great, Final Fantasy's on my Android phone when I download that or oh you guys are gonna download Dimensions? I can't wait to check that out. Like people I never expected to hear that from. I'm like, I started thinking to myself, people actually opening up to like just mobile gaming, like this new generation of mobile gaming in general. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think that conversation was more about. Yeah, you're Google. right. But okay, I'm sorry, Mr. Ross Steele, if I sounded too bitter. <laughs> but I just, I just hate tech tribalism. I absolutely do. I don't care what platform you're for. But that's just me. All right. I just, you know, I just hate backing consumer. Just, it just. Coke versus Pepsi, you know, who cares? It's all just, it's just old corn syrup anyway. Oh, hmm. Xbox Smart Glass is out on Android now. Oh, finally. Good. On the 26th it came out. So there it is. So now we're just waiting for it on iOS. Probably hung up in approval I will, or something. I want to see how it works on the Nexus 7. Oh, did you, are you going to check out a Nexus 10 or anything like that, Chris? Um... I'm more interested in the 7-inch form factor than the 10-inch for a, a secondary tablet. Um, but I, I don't... what If I see one, yeah, I'll play with it. I don't cool, know. Cool. I don't, what I don't know and I haven't been paying attention to is how the specs compare between the 7 and the 10. Is it is it like the iPad that's a lot more powerful in the 10-inch form? So you're interested So in the 7-inch form factor. So are you going to pick up an iPad mini now that one's out? No, because I've got an iPad 3 and it's fine. And 329 is too much. Cool. Fair for, to, to just yeah unless i was getting rid of it and i'm not getting rid of it because it's only as powerful as an ipad 2 so no that's that kind of made my decision for me um, well to be i think it's actually strangely enough the, the power sort of equals out to a, an ipad 3 an ipad mini yeah because the a5x chip those quad core graphics oh, no, no, no. just for, to run the screen and all those higher pixels i mean yeah. the higher pixel density okay and the, the cpu is exactly the same so, you know, of course, you remove the retina screen, you don't need the, the quad-core graphics, and it ends up being about the same power as an iPad 3. As an iPad 3? Okay. Is there more feedback? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. <laughs> All right. It's still better due to the fact that Europe got a much cooler collector's edition for Metal Gear Rising than the U.S. This is Ocelot writing in. I nonetheless uh, write to you this week and do my best to get over the rampant gaming inequality between the U.S. and the Eurobrits. It's I will fine. say this. I am ever pissed. I am still pissed. That Europe got that great, amazing Deus Ex Human Revolution Collector's Edition with the like the ten foot tall like uh what was it uh Play Arts Kai uh, Adam Jensen that like had like fifty points of articulation and blades that came out of his arms and super guns mm-hmm. that was like the best collector's edition. Mm. <sighs> Europe. No. You can talk about blatant inequality, but uh, we don't get either Persona 4 Golden or Persona 4 Arena until next fucking year. Adam Whoa, Jensen Arena got delayed figures. that hard? Yeah, Arena got delayed hard. Oh, how terrible. You're going to have to play all the other great games of great collector editions until then. <laughs> Poor, I feel so bad for you. That's funny. Thanks, Manny. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> I come on! You have your your freaking Shogun Total War came with a Shogun like chess set. Oh yeah, that yeah, we never that. come here ever. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm just bitter about that particular collector's edition. Was I got it? 
I'm a little bitter. What can I say? I want Adam Jensen action figures and Shogun total words. I mean, Shogun chess sets. Chess sets. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, okay, Manny. so give me the, the weekly ocelots. Yes, it's time for ocelots uh, letter here. Uh, let's see what he says. So, uh, it's fine. They're about to get what's coming to them. Kickstarter just launched across the pond. So take that, you spoiled on Americans. Just wait till you're forced to pay good money for games you won't see for years to come and might never, never even get made. Ha! Um, okay, on to the questions. Number one, how much money would someone need to pay you to play through the entirety of Halo 4 plus at least 25 online pl- matches with random players with, wait for it, voice chat enabled? I've already done that. <laughs> A, none. I'm doing it anyway says Manny. B, $25. C, $125. D, $1 million. E, I'm not playing that piece of crap no matter what you pay me. E. Wow. Why don't you just play with friends and have voice chat enabled? I don't get the problem. Voice chat doesn't scare me. Um, I just, and I, you know, I've, I've, I have Halo 2 and 3 sitting here. I want to play through them, but it's, it's so low on my list of priorities, so... Uh, they don't have to if pay me anything. Halo 3, I'll play through the whole thing with you online. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. I, I think that it. one has like four-player co-op, so if anyone, any listener wants to join us, send us a message. We'll do it. Hey, let's do it. I got to see if my Halo 2 will actually install on Windows 8. Because <laughs> I, I bought that Vista version of it. <laughs> oh. Yes, I got to that in the GFW Radio too. Yeah. They're talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. In honor of the best holiday ever, Halloween... If you could magically have any DLC costume slash outfit for your party of Final Fantasy VII heroes, what would they be wearing and why? Uh, actually, I got a good one on this one. In honor of that video that a friend of mine put together for an anime convention, uh, we put Cloud in a uh, in the little black dress and we turn Eris into a zombie. All right. Wait, I'm, I'm curious. This question seems oddly specific because at first I'm like, and what, what magical DLC costume would you have, like for a game character or whatever game? And then he says. Seven. Is there something I'm missing? I don't know. Um, I'm wondering the same thing. Um, he I'm, likes Final Fantasy Seven. I think, but so. it just seems odd. Yeah. Like, like over a decade later, hey, let's think about costumes for FF Seven. Yeah, but that's just me. You're right. Because hmm. it didn't come out that long ago on PC, and they could actually put DLC into it that way. I guess. All right. Actually, I was just going to say, go play Costume Quest. That's like a little Final Fantasy, but and it's all Halloween themed. Dude, my Xbox just connected to my Smart Glass app. All right, what happened? What happened? Um, I I don't know what to do. Uh, I can <laughs> I I've got a remote screen, so I've got the buttons the B Y X and A. It's on my screen, which is not very useful because I don't have a tablet. So I'm I've got a mouse and I can click the A button. <laughs> Why do Quick, I want this? <laughs> watch Game of Thrones and then tell me about the history of West of of the of Westeros. Of yeah, there you go. Oh, let's see. So let's start a start a thing. Um, I don't know what to do with 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 the thing. So I can go to the dashboard. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? I can do remote um, play on my 360. I can start up Rock Band three. I can start up Netflix. Play on 360. There. So I I just remotely launched Xbox uh, Netflix on my 360. But. At, at that point, couldn't you just watch it on your computer? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> this um, just seems so utterly superfluous. I can bring up the guide. This is much more useful as a tablet. This is makes no sense on the computer, is what I'm going to say. It's, you know, it's admirable, the idea that 
you buy one app in the Windows App Store and it works across all of your devices. But then you get this weird situation where you get like flashlight apps and Microsoft Surface apps on your desktop, which make no sense whatsoever. I can't imagine like saying, "Hey, quick, throw me your throw me your monitor. I need to go check something in the, in the garage." So, what's Ocelot's next question? <laughs> I do have one question about Ocelot, though. But yeah. the way he he asked about Halo Four is he saying Halo Four is going to be bad, or is just the voice chat's going to be bad? I don't know. Okay. I think he's excited for it. I think he likes Halo. All right, then, dude, send me your info. We'll play some Halo together. There you go. Number three, Disgaea D2. Who's super excited? Who's ultra excited? Who's mega hyper nine 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 million excited? Didn't we cover this last week? We did cover it last week. Nobody's really super excited, but I'll play it. Okay. I wanted I wanted Disgaea two D two. If you remember, two D two. Yes, you want two D two. Yeah, because I don't like the original character. So the That's acronym right. would be D two D two. Yes. Not R two D two. Which. Which leads us on to the next question. Actually. So, undoubtedly, the biggest news of the week is that Disney just bought George Lucas for $4 billion. No, they bought Lucasfilm. <laughs> but in your snarkiest voice and most dastardly attitude, say something witty yet biting about this mega deal. And you can't use the one-liner about how Princess Leia is now Disney's newest princess or how the seventh of Star, Wars, Star Wars movie can't possibly suck as much as the last three. You need to be more clever than that. Minnie Mouse and buns. Ooh. I saw I saw a great Goofy slash Jar Jar mashup. Goofy shot first. <laughs> Goofy Scott. I want to see Star Wars Disney. I want to see I want to see all of it. I want to see the Mickey Mouse parody as doing acting through the Star Wars stuff, but with Disney characters. I want to see the news movies. I want to see somebody give a new take on it that it isn't George Lucas. Yeah, because quite frankly, he's right. The last three movies sucked, so a seventh one it can't be worse. It's really true. I wonder though, what the, what does Episode Seven really mean? Well, does that it mean sh- it's taking place after the the, the, the original trilogy? Well, it, it sounds is like a completely new um, part of the mythos. Yeah, it sounds like they're not going to they're do the not original using con- anything that is yeah. currently an established canon. Yeah, none of the seven, eight, nine original plans. It sounds like are going to nothing up to fifteen. Episode, you say Episode Seven, you think like a continuation of this saga. It you should know what be. I mean? Yeah. But it sounds like it'll be a whole new generation of stuff. It's so gonna, like, oh, no, it's, it's Star Wars, the next generation. Who is Wesley? Shut you know, up, I was about Wesley. To say, though, if it looks anything like Star Wars 13. See, it's awesome when Flynn does it because he's British. Yeah. What are you saying, Manny? If it looks anything like Star Wars 13, 13 does and goes in that kind of direction, I wouldn't mind at all. Mm-hmm. Star Wars you know, 13, 13, 13 looks, it, it doesn't even really look game, like, a, right? like a Star Wars. It looks sort of like a... Like a Blade Runner across Star Wars. You that's know? that's the video game, the next gen Star Wars video game. Yeah, yeah. So, so Josh Whedon. Ooh, <laughs> I think he's busy with Star Trek, but that'd be awesome. Right. Have the same guy that's working on Star Trek and Star Wars movies. <laughs> that's J.J. Abrams. Oh, you're right. So Josh Whedon is busy with Avengers. Mm, nah, he's not that busy. Yeah, he's let's get him doing Avengers too. Yeah, but that's like three other movies out before they do that they got an iron man movie and a captain america movie and a thor movie it's gonna be clone wars i bet you it's gonna be what i bet you it's gonna be something clone related clone Wars. oh but that wouldn't be seventh nah they should what they should just make movies version of the timothy zahn novels shouldn't they oh i said no to that already that's too bad all right 
And he's just pooping on my parade over here. <laughs> Sorry. All right, number five. Funniest gaming apparel you own. T-shirt, PJs, night socks, whatever. What does it say on it, and why is it so darn funny? I've got Pac-Man underwear, but it doesn't say anything. I think uh, it says something about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that your shorts are haunted. Yeah. I've got ghosts. I've got Eat, Sleep, Mine. It's a Minecraft t-shirt. I got a nice Portal 2 shirt that's got a mouse using a portal gun to get through a maze and get to his cheese-made companion cube. I like yeah, I most of my gaming-related like t-shirts and stuff aren't really witty, per se. They're just sort of gaming-related t-shirts. I think the best ones I have in those in that category are the, uh, the ones I got for the, um, uh, the Speed Demos archive. Uh, when they do their yearly uh, charity marathon, usually also commission a special T-shirt, which has a group of um, group of characters featured in the marathon, uh, sitting around, all sitting around a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the one from both 2011 and 2012, as does David. Cool. Yeah, those are kind of cool because they do are pretty much one of a kind as well. Do you have any witty the- gaming paraphernalia, Manny? Um, witty gaming paraphernalia. You know the weird thing is, I'm this. You know, you would think I'm like, like the like one of the biggest gamers out there, right? Yeah. But I like keeping gaming stuff separate from my real life. Mm-hmm. You know, I just something about it. I just I don't feel the need to wear the Mario Brothers suspenders or like a controller belt buckle or any of that kind of stuff. Loser. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Ugh. You wound me. I will say, though, I, after I do have quite a collection of uh, video game-themed pajamas, though. Mm-hmm. Just stuff you collect at E3 and stuff. I wouldn't mind some video game-themed pajamas. My current pajamas are boring as shit. <laughs> okay. They're like, you know, sort of semi-cheap ones that I bought from Marks and Spencers. Oh, mine is just, like, outdated games. Like, uh, let me see. I currently have, oh, like I have like an Uncharted 2 sack shirt. You know, that that shirt? It's like a brown sack. No, I don't, I can't I don't know that one. Yeah. All right. Oh, like sack, like sack Boy? No, it's just this ugly brown shirt oh. that they made everyone in Sony wear during like three, two years ago mm. or three years ago when Uncharted 2 came out. Mm-hmm. It's the most hideous shirt. Yeah. I use that a lot. Yeah. It's like a brown sack. All right. That's his last question. He says, please email me a copy of Borderlands 2. Signed. Awesome. Hey, you, dude, you email me a copy of Borderlands 2. <laughs> All right. With that, it's time to transition to our MMO in a minute. Anna, take us home. Sure thing. Let me just tab over to it. Boop. Top headlines for the week of October 29th. Um, while Miss Pandaria editorial show how weather shaped up and influence of the game compares how rich is the richest 1%. Lord of the Rings releases their beta Mac client. Silkward R launches tier 13, the most powerful weapons and equipment ever. Rift Storm Legion holds quote unquote open beta. Allods Online um, launches their fall update. Star Trek Online details Season 7 update promises Season 8 for early to mid-2013. EVE Dust 514 will stay in beta until 2013. Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm We're Boring, kicks off alpha testing. 
um, really good editorials all around the industry, all around the sites this week on sort of the industry in general. There was a really good one about whether subscription prices are too high, especially outside of North America, where they're often just charged fifteen. Um, insert local currency here instead of actually, you know, using realistic exchange rates. Um, a really good editorial on glitches achievements, smart or mindless, and a couple of really nice editorials saying goodbye to City of Heroes. And that's a moment in a minute. <gasps> Wait, did you do the Lord of the Rings gets a Mac version? Yeah. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, all right. Well, you said that um, today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they announced it a few weeks ago, and Lord of the Rings releases released their beta Mac client this week. Cool. So, yep. I was second right. on the list. Just removing that from my news feed, then. My extra news stories. Mm-hmm. Um, what is uh, what is this? Where do you find that one one percent of World of Warcraft report? Um, hang on, let me pull it up because it's. I have the article was from Joystick. But um, it's a Did different you read this website. Vuncom's Age of Conan may incorporate elements from upcoming Swordgenager film. No, good lord, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's um, back in Conan. Is he really? Yeah, he's gonna be. Is he we actually gonna be? He's like ninety. What's he gonna do? I don't know. People are hoping he'll be King Conan and sending the other guys. Yeah, you go ahead and go on that quest. I'm going to sit here on my throne. <laughs> So here's where you find it, Um, xsynthis.net, X-S-I-N-T-H-I-S.net. And then if you want to specifically go to the wealth survey, it's world-of-warcraft-wealth-survey. And you can actually, he's actually still doing the survey, which is just xsynthis.net slash survey. And uh, yeah, he figures that um, the top 1% control 24.25% of the game's gold. And the bottom 75% of players control 14% of the game's gold. Occupy Warcraft. Occupy Warcraft. I thought it was Occupy Stormwind, but... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's go Occupy Stormwind. Everyone, let's go sit in at Stormwind. Let's do it. Even Mm. the Horde. Okay. Well, on some servers, I think the horde occupies Stormwind anyway. But <laughs> it <laughs> on looks a pretty like, regular basis. Looks like you have to like complete the survey before you can see the results. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to get to the results here. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. X sin this. So X sin like the the Bible, and then this like this or that dot net. Hmm. All right. In it. So there we go. And uh, that means it's time everybody for the news this episode 244 you can find this on our delicious links at delicious.com slash rpgamer slash 244 you can run through That's the stories right. with us first story Amaterasu came out on the 30th did anybody pick it up Okami oh I HD? love some Amaterasu I'm gonna go get some tonight for lunch no, that's tiramisu not uh, Amaterasu okay I wanna order some uh, No, none of us are jumping on the Okami HD bandwagon no, I, still, uh, need, I yeah. still have my standard version. I still I got my PS2 yet. version. <laughs> yeah, I've got PS2 as well. If it wasn't on PSN, I'd be more interested. Mm. Not not a fan of PSN games. Uh, I just honestly, I, I just don't use my my PlayStation enough to to warrant it. Oh, like maybe if it came out like on Steam or something, I'd totally jump on that. But what's wrong? I mean, if you have one, why not just turn it on and play it and then turn it back off? I'll be honest, I just don't. I, I just I just don't want to. That's just to be honest truth. Hmm. All right. 
but you're not a platform bigot. You know, you know what it is. It's not even about that. I just, okay. <laughs> you know what it is? I just don't like that. I just, you know, it's not even a platform bigotry. I don't think anyone who uses PSN is is dumb or anything like that. Yeah. Or I don't begrudge people for using the platform. That's platform bigotry. Yeah, it's just if you don't have a preference for it. Hmm. All right. I just honestly, I just don't like the PS3 controller that much. No. Hmm. And you can't say I'm a big because I played through all of Resistance 3 and I enjoyed it quite a bit, more than I was expecting. Ah. All right. Actually, it was quite a surprise how much I really liked Resistance 3. I I was going to think it would be mediocre based on all the reviews, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. All right. So Manny will not be playing Okami HD because he liked Resistance 3. The summary it's more like it's more the case of you know what I just don't like PSN's download service very much. It yeah. takes forever to download stuff. I've been burned with Sony before. Yeah, when I had PS3's break, so I'm just less reluctant to give them money and control my digital games. Hmm. Actually, I've been burned with them like three or four times already. To be perfectly honest. Well, let's talk about a game that didn't burn you, Dead Island. Uh... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> wait! Double burns. <laughs> I'm still getting grief on the phone. Sorry. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Uh, Dead Island Riptide, the sequel to Dead Island, is getting a special edition exclusive to North America. I hear they're sending a special copy right to Manny. Um, it'll be a free, it'll be free upgrade if you pre-order. Um, in addition, to the regular game has a exclusive weapon mods, a digital strategy map, and a unique character skin. And somehow, supplies are limited, even though this is a digital upgrade. So I don't know how that works. And uh, let's see. Oh, we have release dates: April twenty third in America and April twenty sixth in Europe. So there you go. Dead Island Riptide. <laughs> All right. Wow. It's just one game that disappointed people after another this week. Dragon Quest Seven has some news this week. Dragon Quest Seven is getting a remake. So apparently Square not, not uh, content with just shoving Final Fantasy three down people's throats, even though they don't want to play it. Now shoving down the Dragon Quest people don't want to play down people's throats, right? No? Is that too strong? All right, Dragon Quest VII is getting a 3DS remake. Uh, this is uh, the game that came out in 2000 for the PlayStation. It is being remaked by Arte Piazza, the team that made the Dragon Quest IV through Dragon Quest VI remakes on the DS. Yuji Horror is still overseeing game design scenario, and it will be released in Japan on February 7th. We have no word of an English localization just yet. But people are very hopeful, because this is a game that um, really suffered, I don't think because necessarily because of a... Well, there are a lot of issues with Dragon Quest VII. One, it's it's an extremely long game. But the U.S. version especially, and I assume the Europe version too, um, the localization got kind of cut off halfway through, or three-quarters of the way through. And a lot of the text revisions and stuff, worked on by our very own Michael Tidwell, actually. He was working at the company that was doing the localization. And Doug, actually. Oh, and, and Doug. Some, yeah. We had three staff members on total that had that worked on it to some extent or another. Yeah, a lot of the, the final work they'd done on the game never got integrated back into it because Heart, uh, I think is the name of the company that actually developed Dragon Quest Seven in Japan, um, they broke up or disbanded like before like all those changes were integrated, so they had to release the, the last version of the game that they had put out. And that's what we got here in the U.S. And so hopefully now we'll get a, a full-on remake, hopefully a whole new localization if this gets announced. And then maybe people can experience Dragon Quest Seven in a not-so-disappointing form. So um, ultimately, I, you know, I was being, you know, I remember the, this game not getting all the pleasant reviews. But I think people are actually hopeful that this might clean up some of the problems in Dragon Quest Seven and put out that game in a better form. So people are excited about it. I, I know Maxstorm is and Michael is. I don't know about other people on this podcast. 
I'm definitely excited for it because right. I mean I really like the game, but it slogged. It did slog. All right, and that's not the localization's fault. That's just the game's fault. So no, the localization really, really made it slog. Oh, the localization made it slog. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it wasn't interesting to read. Right. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. Ah, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> it's, it's just the the row of games that have sorted histories behind them now. Final Fantasy fourteen. It's got a date for when it's being reborn. Um, that's November 11th. And just so you know, uh, character saves on October 31st were the last day that the character saves were were, were snapshotted. And those are the ones that are going to be brought forward into Final Fantasy fourteen reborn on November 11th. So um, unfortunately, we didn't get this to you ahead of time. But just so you're aware, your character as it was on Wednesday is uh, is how it will show up in fourteen uh, when it relaunches on the 11th. And contrary to our opinion, what we said weeks ago when we were wrong about it, uh, your save stuff is coming over to the new game. So uh, that's all we know. And uh, let's see. Oh, you can become an alpha tester uh, in the game in the new, in in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Uh, to... they, they, yeah, they handed out invites for it at uh, Distant Worlds yesterday. And they're doing very, very, very tiny waves online. Remember, this is what I talked about in the MMO in a minute. Oh, no, I didn't. You, okay. you went really fast. So you need a good computer. It's a minute! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you need... It recommends to have the at least the graphics card that I have. So that's not a good sign for me. I only have the recommended card. I need to, Man, 14 is a beast of a game. It really is. I need new hardware it, it, again. I mean, even the old version, it did look pretty. Yeah, it does. And it still does. And it's just crazy, the requirements of that game. All right. Speaking of old games, Skyrim coming back out in Europe again. So they've released a a special premium edition. Seems a little late, right? But I guess this is kind of a game of the year sort of thing. No, because it doesn't have any DLC. Oh, it doesn't have the DLC. All right. So here's what you do get. Um, It is coming out December 7th in Europe, uh, in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. It'll have a map, t-shirt, postcards emblazoned with concept art, and the Infernal City and Elder Scrolls novel. And a PC bonus disc that has trailers, walkthroughs, music, and a 600-page strategy guide ebook. Um, there's nothing about uh, DLC, as Manny mentioned. You know, I hear that novel is pretty bad. Oh, and it will also be out in the UK. Um, yes. Isn't that part of Europe? Yes, but it, it's not all of Europe. So we know Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and apparently the UK, and that's all we know. Don't tell the UK person they're part of Europe. <laughs> Yes, well, whatever. Just don't tell certain people in England that we're part of Europe. They they kind of get really angry about oh, it. Do they? Oh, right. How yeah. dare you say such a thing? Hmm. I, I just don't know the, who this is for. I don't either, legitimately. It's an interesting, you know, it's this nice package thing, but it's like another collector's edition again. But, yeah. I mean, if you cared about the game, you have it by now. And, and if not, you're going to buy it at this point, you want all the DLC, right? Yeah, I mean, there's two DLC packs out right now, and you kind of want to get those. And, uh, another one on the way, right? So Yeah, apparently, I know it's not in your newsfeed, but like, uh, there's an image teased, and there's going to be a trailer released on November 5th, and the image teased is like a dragon priest. Oh, nice. So I'm guessing, So people are telling like this is going to be the DLC that lets you ride dragons, and they're going to see a trailer on November 5th. Nice. But that's just talk. We'll see if it's true. I hope so. That'd be cool. I hope so. All right, Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 2, and Mass Effect 1 coming to PlayStation 3 on December 4th. This is a good deal. I mean, it 
for all my PS3 friends out there who uh, who never got to play Mass Effect One, they got robbed. So now's your chance. Yep, it'll be available for both retail and on PSN download, and it'll have all three games. Um, let's see, Edge of Reality is doing the PS3 port of the original Mass Effect game. I don't know who they are. Are they good? Or is it, I've never mean, heard of them before. Okay. Bioware says the PS3 version runs pretty damn well. That's their quote. <laughs> runs pretty damn well. Okay. They didn't say flawlessly, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mass Effect will have Bring Down the Sky DLC integrated into it. Um, Pinnacle Station, you'll have to buy. You, know, you don't want... That's the, the, the time attack challenge, right? It's it's supremely disappointing, so don't bother, okay. is what I can tell you. Both Mass Effect 2 and 3 will include, it says, whatever DLC was included in their original retail releases. I don't understand what that means. So, wait, remember <clears> when 2 came one. out? Oh, 2 had all the DLC, right? It had Kasumi and Shadow Broker, I think. Okay, just those two? And uh, Overlord, but none of like, the gun stuff. None of the guns. Okay, that's okay. That's the important stuff from 2. Um, I could be wrong, but it was a good deal. Yeah, what about 3? Did 3 come out with any DLC? No, it didn't come with anything. So that won't have any DLC on this? Hmm. Yeah. All right. I, unless they're being supremely generous and giving you everything that came in the collector's edition. Ah, okay. That would be nice. So we need more details on that. We'll... Oh, but it's a great deal. It is I mean, still I have a great so deal. I so many yeah. friends on my uh, PS3 friends list who just simply skipped Mass Effect because they never got the first one or they, they felt like they didn't want to jump in with 2. And a lot, you know, surprisingly, like most of my friends that I know, like real gamers, I know they wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't touch a 360. I'll tell you whatever. that first one is still my favorite game in the series. You know, what? and a strange, huh? It's, it's interesting that it's, I'm. I feel like the way I feel about these two games is the way I feel about like uh, about uh, Hellboy One and Hellboy Two. But that's a much longer conversation, like for like a, a like a sanctum or something. Oh, really? <laughs> Into the nuances about mm-hmm. why. Anyway, if you want to go into it now, we can no, talk. no, no, that's okay. <laughs> exactly. So let's go on to it. Because I want to hear like your reasons, like, oh, so tell me your reasons why you like this one better, and then I go back with, oh, I agree with you on that point. Like forty Mostly minutes later, it feels more like an RPG, and oh. I, I enjoy that more. And I, okay. I think the story had more promise then. I was more excited about where it was could go. Um, I, I enjoyed uh, the the way that the ammo system works better. I enjoyed the inventory management, uh, all that stuff, all the stuff that made it more of an RPG and a bit slower paced. I enjoyed that more. That you know, in a lot of ways, I agree with you. But then I really liked the small vignettes that was like Mass Effect Two. You know? Sure. Yeah. I, it's okay. and I think two and three are great games. So it's not like I hate them. I just preferred the way that one was paced a little more. Well, as I was say, that's the reason. Like with Hellboy One, I think Hellboy Two's like small moments and their bigger and the bigger scenes and the production values are so much better, and its highs are so much higher. But as a cohesive whole, Hellboy One's a better movie. <laughs> I didn't know that Hellboy One was all that great of a movie. But. Oh, are you, it's are you, you know, it's funny. Quick little story. I was uh, oh, I'm so embarrassed to even say this. I was watching The Last Samurai in theaters, uh-huh. and the first trailer for Hellboy came out and everyone in the theater was laughing at it. Like mm-hmm. it was the dumbest movie. And there's some guy behind me going like, Pfft. like the, another trailer came on. I was like, I wonder if that's going to be for the next Hellboy. Ha ha ha. And we all laughed and we and little did we know that last time I was the biggest piece of crap and Hellboy is like a million times better than that movie was ever going to be ever. Yeah. So embarrassed. I can't believe I watched a samurai movie with Tom Cruise. Oh my goodness. I did that. I actually did that, and I should not. Have I didn't. And the worst part is they tricked everyone to sitting there and crying for the samurai. But the end of the samurai era was such a good thing for the Japanese people as a whole. 
All right. Baldur's Gate is coming back, as we know, and we've learned that the release date's been moved up. So well, by two days. I, I wouldn't say that. It's a little sketchy the way it's, it was like one tweet that Trinostra made and say we're targeting the twenty eighth so for the PC version. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's okay. just the PC version. The iOS ones can trail as far back as like and the Android version can trail as far back as a week later or more. Okay. Well, forget it. <laughs> Why don't you hit us with your extra news stories, Manny? No, I, I, you know what it is though. I just, it, it's just funny how like any inaugural like little tweet someone can make to, it becomes a gigantic news story, and it's like yeah, you're right. confirmed. Yeah, but this guy's been leaking good info for this game the whole time. So I think he's been actually the funny thing is he actually said this comment like about a week ago or more. You know, we're targeting the twenty eighth. I mean, and he even said the reason why they picked the firm date of thirtieth was to allow for them to pick an, to ship a bit earlier. And, you know, get some more positive buzz that way. Mm-hmm. So I I bet you, from what they said, though, they're going to be out on the 30th, like, uh, come hell or high water, so they said. Okay. No matter what, they're going to be out by the 30th. Good. He said he won't delay it again. But if everything goes well, do it, like, two days early. Sounds good. All right. So speaking of Halo 4. Yes. Nice I just thought this one headline was interesting. Halo 4 soundtrack is Billboard's highest charted video game soundtrack ever. Can you believe really? that? No, I, I can't. The soundtrack made its debut at number 50 on the Billboard 200 and sold just under 9,000 copies in its first week. Man, people are pumped. I had no idea people were so excited for this game. Yeah, I'm looking it up on Amazon. Where is the Halo 4 soundtrack? Halo 4 soundtrack. Wow. Uh, Halo 4 original soundtrack. Eight bucks, audio CD, eleven fifty to download the MP3s. Well, that's awful. <laughs> it's, it is. <laughs> Why is the cost Wait, more? Wait, it's more expensive to not get the physical version? <laughs> yes. yes. What? <laughs> that's awful. Welcome to iTunes. iTunes sucks. Makes no sense. This is I Amazon. I'm not even on iTunes. It's not even on iTunes? I, no, I'm not on iTunes. I'm on oh. Amazon. Oh, that's even worse, Amazon. I expect better from you. Hmm. Actually, I buy all my MP3s from Amazon. I don't really trust. I, I think Apple's prices on MP3s are ridiculous. Ninety-nine cents each is ridiculous. No, the albums, their album prices are ridiculous. Let's see. I'm gonna. They, bring sometimes up they're like fifteen, seventeen dollars for like an, for an MP3 album. Yeah, it is kind of ridiculous sometimes. But they give you the the nice little liner or whatever. I don't care. Give me the damn songs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I go to. Yeah. That's why I go to Give me the damn songs. Give the damn songs. I think Amazon has a much better store. They're cheaper. It's the same quality. They have the, the the Amazon Cloud Player you can play anywhere. The original soundtrack is eleven ninety nine on iTunes, so it is actually fifty cents more than Amazon MP three store. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. There's two of them. Okay, this makes no sense. Has- There's a standard edition for with fifteen tracks and a, and the book for nine bucks on iTunes. Uh-huh. And there is the deluxe edition with 21 tracks and a book. <sighs> okay. This this $8 disc is... Uh, that's why it's cost more, guys. The uh, MP3 download on Amazon is only the deluxe edition with 21 songs. So you get more... So if you buy the disc, you're getting ripped off. You buy the disc, you're getting ripped off. So here here we go. Apples to apples. Um, the the disc only version is only fifteen cents. It's eight bucks on Amazon. The download version that only has fifteen songs is nine bucks on Amazon. So it still costs more, which is stupid, but um, it's not quite as big of a difference. 
I will. I am curious though. Has a has an RPG ever made it on this Billboard Top 200? Um, I don't know. The Skyrim soundtrack was a stupid release that they never put out widely available on digital. So I, that's, that's why I brought it up. Go ahead. Because I mean, one of the we all have RPGs, right? It's like, oh, this one has the best soundtrack, or this one has the greatest soundtrack, right. or the most epic score. And I'm wondering if a single one of those has ever been big and mainstream enough to make it. Hmm. I would think it had to be Skyrim or Final Fantasy VII when it first came out, or maybe yeah, I ten. I could have seen ten getting big enough to get on the roof. No, I don't think so. No. No. I they. they... Back when those games came out, the d- digital soundtrack distribution wasn't really hitting it. So I wonder. It, I guess an RPG. I had has... to import my Kingdom Hearts soundtrack from Europe. They had a U.S. release of that, actually, but not Canada. Uh, I had to. I had to import my Kingdom Hearts soundtrack from Japan. I remember seeing a copy of the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack in uh, a Borders, and I've been kicking myself because I never bought it, and I should have bought it that day. I saw yeah, it because I haven't seen it again. Anymore. They burned all the CDs. Well, that's true too. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I remember around the same time uh, as Kingdom Hearts Two, I think Hikaru Utada released her her American debut album. Yeah. They yeah. had like. Stacks and stacks on the shelf. They had like twenty on because people thought she was big in Japan. She, she, she is big, big in Japan, and her songs are better in Japan. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like the logic. People, I remember walking to like a Tower Records, which also doesn't exist anymore, yeah. and just seeing stacks and stacks, and no one touched a single one ever. It wasn't so marketed sad. well, and you know it's oh, okay it, because the damn the album was terrible. So oh, and Easy Breezy is such a bad song. It is. It is. I don't know. If You're easy breezy, and I'm. She Japanese. usually writes her own stuff in Japan. I don't know if she wrote the U.S. stuff because if she if she did, she should be ashamed for changing her music oh, style. Have you seen? Remember the music video? It was so bad. Oh, I don't remember that. She had a, she didn't even look like herself. She was wearing like twenty pounds of makeup. She didn't even look like like the the woman we know from all of those uh yeah. you know those hit singles in Japan. From all those hit singles in Japan. What? just sound funny. They she doesn't look singles. like the woman we know from all those hit singles in Japan that we watch yes. on YouTube. <laughs> Please don't pretend you're not a weeaboo. I know you're right. I am. <laughs> I totally am. I love her albums. I, I love. I love albums that came out after that U.S. album, just not the U.S. ones. Yeah. Two terrible deep. U.S. albums. Yeah. Whatever. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though, fine, fine. To bring it back to RPGs, I yeah. I got a I just bought the Deus Ex Human Revolution soundtrack Ooh. from Amazon for like five bucks, and Ooh. that is a really great soundtrack. Deus Ex Human Revolution is a fantastic soundtrack. So I'm sitting here thinking about buying the Halo Four soundtrack, and I just realized it's not done by Marty O'Donnell <sighs> because it's not done by that studio. It's not Bungie, I, so I don't care. Um, so how's this this Deus Ex soundtrack? Uh, nine oh, it's bucks. Really good. It's not on sale anymore. Ah, uh, no. But still, it's really good, though. You should have told anyway. me. Why didn't you tell me, Manny? I, I bought a soundtrack this week. What'd you buy? Uh, the Binding of Isaac soundtrack. Oh, by... is that any good? Yeah, it is. Hmm. By da- Danny Baranowski, the guy who did Super Did you get that in, like, a Humble Bundle type of deal or Indie Royal Bundle? No, no I did. Because I've had... Because uh, David bought me a copy of Binding of Isaac a while back. I only started playing it this week, actually. Um, but I've... Um, which means I missed out on the uh, humble indie bundles, Binding of Isaac sound. You know the one where they give you the soundtrack yeah. along with the game, but uh, you can buy it. You can buy the soundtrack on Steam for like a dollar or something. How did you miss out? You didn't buy that bundle. 
because you already didn't had buy the, the game bundle. you cared about? Either, okay. I either didn't buy the bundle or I missed it because I was elsewhere. Okay. Yeah, I did buy that bundle, and so I, I did download the soundtrack, so I just haven't yeah. listened to it. Man, you know what soundtrack we need to get, Chris? What? Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. Yeah. oh I forgot to ask you that in what you've been playing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we saw Wreck-It Ralph yesterday. It's I, great. Everyone on my Twitter feed is just nothing but, oh, my God, Wreck-It Ralph, Wreck-It yeah. Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph, it's whether really you're good. a gamer or a non-gamer. And you know Ralph. what? That MP3 soundtrack is cheaper than the physical soundtrack. <laughs> so why is the movie so good? Huh? So why is the movie so good? Why? What do you mean? Well, give me your review. Oh. You love it. The I characters it. are really funny. I like all of the actors they pick for them. They just suit so well. Um, the pacing of the story is amazing. I like the variety. I like how some of the jokes are really subtle, but yeah. you're going to get it if you're not a gamer. They have all the gaming jokes in there. hilarious if you are a gamer. Yeah, they don't hammer you over the head with the gaming jokes. It's like they just okay. let them be. Like, the Konami code is in there. Yeah. Well, we knew that would be in and there. And he had, but... has it written down on a root beer tap or napkin. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of... They do... Um, And they did smart... They were smart. Like, having all the main character story takes place in original games that they created for the movie, but all the, the outside influences and all the surrounding stuff are games that you're familiar with. So, that way, they're not shackled by any of the game worlds that already exist as far as telling their story. But they can have that all in there to have the references and comedy that you really want from it. So it's it's really cool. So none of the video game jokes are ever forced then? It didn't feel like it. All right. Well, um, I, I think the Konami code joke was a little forced, Anna, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This, it, it's it's good writing. It's funny. Um, the the video game references are great, and you know it's still funny even if you don't get them. So I think that's why it's it's succeeding. So I, I highly recommend it. Cool. But just before we go, I, I know no one ever listens to me with questions of the week. Hopefully you'll listen to me this time. But I want to hear about your favorite video game soundtracks. Like what are the ones you love right now or prized or because we're talking about some ones that are just great like Deus Ex. So I want to hear from the audience. What yes. are some great soundtracks that or RPG game what, that we just might not know about? Yes, tell us. Tell us. We're not going to get any letters though. <laughs> oh, Anna, they've got the Sugar Rush soundtrack on there. Sorry. <laughs> if you've watched the you movie, guys are you know, buying that right now, aren't you? It's done by AKB48. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think we should wrap up. And uh, what the heck was our title? I can't remember. All right. Something uh, that Manny said about damn MP3s. Darn MP3s. Just give me the songs, damn it. Or something like that, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, wait. One last thing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Did you. Kurt Schelling. Studios being sued for seventy-eight million by the by Rhode yeah. Island. Rhode Island yeah. finally got around to suing them. I didn't put it in my MMO in a minute because I just feel that it's, it's depressing it's, at this point. It's garbage hack. Like I just the yeah, I'm not sure what's going on here, and yeah, it, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. Here, let me read the statement. When it became clear that the company would not survive, I publicly stated my commitment to you that my primary goal would be to do everything within my power to protect the taxpayers of Rhode Island. I will work to minimize any loss of your hard-earned taxpayer dollars. Okay. So, there you go. Sounds good. And with that, I the think we're going to wrap up for the week. 
Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you want to catch us live, it's at the chat room at rpgamer.com slash live. You can see us at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, every week on Saturday. Um, you can also uh, download the podcast, of course, from rpgamer.com. And uh, we are on Stitcher Radio, and we are um, accessible on iTunes. Please leave us a review. Your five-star reviews help keep us uh, relevant on the iTunes store when people search for RPGs. And uh, it also helps give us good feedback to know that, you know, you guys care about yeah. us doing this show at all. Um, also, if you want to leave us feedback, the email address is podcast at rpgamer.com. You can also send us a voicemail at 608-729-4098. We'll play it right here on the show. All right, any thoughts before we go? Um, I was on the backtrack talking about Digital Devil Saga yes. 1 and 2. So go check that out. Go check out the backtrack, also available at rpgamer.com. Um, and just so everyone knows, if anyone wants to play along with me, I'm thinking of starting Devil Summoner 2 versus the king like Rido versus the king of abaddon anyone wants to play with me as like a little game club we can talk about it on the podcast whatever let's go. do it let's like do it, it. yeah set more up segment. a thread on the forums oh i should do that see you people think i hate sony and those forums are over at board.rpgamer.com you can check out latest updates for the latest podcast thread or uh over in the review blog section i think for where manny would do i don't know where would yours be I have no idea. Dude. I have no idea. Somewhere in the forums. Search for Devil Summoner. <laughs> I don't know if anyone even wants to play it. Is anyone interested? Yeah, I'm sure they are. All right. Cool. It's time for us to wrap up. Thank you for joining us this week. We will see you next week with another RPG cast. Until then, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>